Happy Monday and welcome back to the last One Take Wonder podcast episode of 2023. This is the season finale with new episodes to return Monday, January 1st, 2024. So before we go any further, I just want to extend my deepest thanks. We're now at a point where there's like 2,700 listeners, which is just It is a place that I imagined I'd get to. I'm not going to lie to you, but I can't believe that I got here in six months. It's absolutely crazy, um, the growth that I've been able to see on this podcast, and it's completely thanks to you guys. So many of you ride so hard from listening um, to me record on live, messaging me on Instagram, Twitter. So many of you guys have reached out and said that you share this podcast with your friends and family. And it really, from the bottom of my heart, means so much to me. It's so vulnerable and intimidating to work up the courage to put your art out there, to put your thoughts and musings, especially ones that can be controversial or depressing, where you feel like you don't have a voice and nobody's going to listen to it. So to be able to build this community where I'm constantly challenged by the feedback that you guys give, inspired to keep doing better and more, it has meant so much to me and it's really been the best part of my year. And that's why I'm taking the rest of the month of December off just to make sure that when I come back in 2024, like we're really on the shit. You know, I'm redesigning the podcast cover. I'm finally upgrading my studio equipment. I want to experiment with recorded episodes that if you guys listen on Spotify, you can actually watch me film, not just if you tune in on live. And I think it's going to be a really exciting experience. But all of these ideas and all of the creative juice that I have is really thanks to you guys. And I I just can't think of a better word than thank you. But genuinely, it means so much to be here, to have this audience. I'm forever grateful and I'm forever indebted to the support that you continuously show One Take Wonder. Um, So yeah, let's get into the last episode of the year. I think one of the bravest things you can do is be optimistic. And that's something that took me a really long time to learn because, and some of you may have noticed this, I love to complain. I love bitching. I love bitching so much that I made a podcast bitching about how we've lost the art of being able to properly bitch. I really fucking love to bitch and moan and whine. And one thing that I've learned about myself is realistically that's probably never going to change. My diaries from kindergarten are grievances that I had with my teacher not giving me enough recess time, um, having a problem with the fact that I threw a chair at another kid, not changing out the books often enough, you know, a litany of complaints. So maybe this is just who I am. But one thing that I started to change about myself in law school was if you're going to complain and you know it's an unchangeable part of yourself, why not complain about making things better in the world? If I know that I have something to say and I know that people tend to listen to me when I say it, then why not point out like, hey, X, Y, and Z is fucked up and here's a solution? And that sort of thinking actually led me to positivity when, again, it wasn't really a message that I could ever vibe with because the way that it is marketed is a little bit awful. Like I could never get into the whole like, no matter what's going on in the world, you just got to put on a smile because I would always think about that Roald doll quote where it's like, but all I can see is the wart on my nose. And I'm really paraphrasing here, but this idea that there are terrible things going on in the world, there may be other terrible things going on in your life, but if the wart on your nose is the thing that you can see out of your eyes, it's right in front of you, it glares back at you in the mirror, it's all you're going to focus on. And so that particular advice of just like, 
especially the toxic positivity, the, you know, like everything happens for a reason. Some terrible things in life have happened to me. And if there was a reason for that, maybe there's a reason why I think I'm going to two-time God. And by two-time, I hope I'm using newsy slang correctly, as in I'm like double punching that motherfucker. Because what the hell is he thinking? Which my beliefs on God, I think, would be a separate and interesting podcast because if he exists, I think he's wildly incompetent. For example, who ignores slavery for 400 years and then continues to bless the literal slave owners. Or maybe he's just kind of uninvolved, like we're living in an ant farm. Or maybe he doesn't exist and everyone can't cope with the crushing reality that maybe our lives have no meaning and that we're just highly involved amoebas. But personally, I soothe myself by remembering that we're all on a giant spinning space rock. That's what I used to call myself down when I didn't do my homework correctly or like if I missed a reading or if I didn't do well on a test, I'd be like, well, at the end of the day, you're on a space rock. And then I'd close my eyes and imagine how big the universe is. And then it like doesn't really matter that you got an 89 on a paper instead of a 90. You know, imagine explaining that to a star that has seen trillions of lifetimes and then exploded and died and whose skeleton is just burning in the sky. Very difficult. It's a great way to calm yourself down unless you're one of those people who has existential panics, in which case maybe the past few minutes haven't been good for you. But nonetheless, here we are, and I'm going to try to move on from that topic and back into I could just never get behind the toxic, everything happens for a reason, you should be grateful for all your obstacles because I'm not grateful for all of my obstacles. See, having ADHD. Do I accept myself and love myself knowing that I have an ADHD diagnosis? Yes. Would I get rid of it? Tomorrow. For any amount of money and possibly some of my limbs? Absolutely. It's a life ruiner. I also think maybe positivity didn't resonate with me because it was being parroted by people who were so deeply insufferable. Like the worst person you know is a faux positive spiritual bitch, isn't it? They're always doing crimes. They're always doing crimes. And I think it was easier for a while to fall into the comfort of being jaded. Like if I assumed that everything was going to go wrong for me, then it wasn't as painful when things did go wrong. Or if I assumed that like, you know, I'm going to be alone then maybe it would make me feel better about some anxieties that I had, particularly when I was younger, that I was always going to be alone. And I remember in college, my friends and I used to say like, win some, lose most, which is a terrible mentality. But I, junior year was so cosmically bad. But I think it was just this funk that we were occupying of like, despair. And I think since, you know, we've survived a global pandemic and economic collapse and the government, you know, imploding on itself, global warming is moving a lot faster than any scientist can predict. I'm actually in a way better place than I was before any of this started. And I really attribute it to remembering that I am not alone and my belief and desire that the world is going to get better cannot be something that I believe myself. Even if I never meet another person again in my lifetime who believes that we can heal the earth, that we can learn to treat each other with dignity and respect, that the United States of America can be a place where all people are allowed to prosper. I know this idea exists because I have this idea and I know that there is no idea that anyone has in singularity. And I take a lot of comfort in the 
plurality of humanity, right? The fact that because there are 8 billion of us on this planet right now, there are it's impossible to have so many iterations of ideas that there seem to be core principles that draw people together regardless of race, nationality, language, spiritual beliefs. There's just something that holds us together as humans. And so I just can't be the only person on the planet that wants things to improve. And I think that comfort in knowing that you have something in common with someone who you may never meet has got me through a lot of my roughest moments. And I think it's kind of funny that I ended up embracing that I ended up embracing such a um what maybe I would have called like an annoying ass brand of positivity a few years ago. Like one of my favorite phrases is I know love is out there because I have the capacity for love and I cannot be alone. And I found that even as things continue to get worse and maybe things will be worse a year from now, God forbid things are not worse when I return January 1st, 2024. But I still I still believe in the collective so much and what we can accomplish as a community. And that thought has improved my life immeasurably in every single area of my life. I think it made me in a more receptive place for romantic love. I think it changed all of my friends and I's perspective and how we were able to show up for each other as friends and what the true definition of friendship means. I think it showed up in how I was able to pursue work opportunities, take risks, how I approached my schoolwork, how I approach, you know, my perspective at work now. I just think there is something so powerful about truly understanding that you're not alone and not to sound like one of those preachy self-help guru bitches because side note the self-help people are just preying on your insecurities to sell you very vague general advice but i do think the bravest thing that you can do in the face of a world that seeks to crush you is be delusionally optimistic yes even if it is complete delusion that things are going to get better. I would rather live a thousand lifetimes trying to achieve happiness and never truly getting it because I think there's I think there's something admirable about trying to be happy rather than giving up. I think, oh, I'm so sorry for that little post, but I'm probably not going to re-record this and I don't know how to edit it out. This is a uh, one of those things that's going to be worked out during the break. But I think it's so easy to completely give up and abandon everything because that's what everyone around you has done. I think you can see it in the advice that people give others, particularly that innocuous like, oh, we've all been there. Well, everyone makes mistakes. No one's perfect. I'm not saying that happiness is holding yourself to a standard of perfection, but completely giving up and living your life like a dandelion in the wind, directionless, not being able to make plans for yourself, not foreseeing a future it's completely abandoning yourself. It's abandoning the purposes that you were put on this earth for. It's abandoning a perspective that'll take you to new places. People who give up on themselves and give up on everything are simply trying to drag you back in the bucket so that everyone can step on each other and never really get anywhere. And I just cannot tell you, even if it sounds fake or even if it sounds phony, how much happier I've been when I've just chosen to believe that everything is going to get better because I know that I'm going to make things better and I'm not alone in my belief. And I keep coming back to community because there really is something so beautiful and healing about understanding that we just can't be alone. I think genuinely that's what got me through the pandemic, even when I wasn't able to, you know, 
see my friends the way we could. It was watching how we showed up for each other um, on those Zoom lives and Zoom parties. It was getting my friends to join Club Penguin with me, RIP to the free version of Club Penguin. Because one of my girlfriends from law school, we made a joke about going on Club Penguin. And then we used to meet up there and go to the club every Friday night and like FaceTime each other while running around this Club Penguin universe. And it was obviously like very fake and very virtual, but it was just those little moments of like, even though the worst thing is happening, and I'm talking about like April of the, oh, that loud ass truck. April of the pandemic when like we didn't ever know if we were going to come out of quarantine and the death numbers were the front um, page of the New York Times. Those little moments made me realize that like I can make this happen at any point in my life that when the world gets better like I can choose little pieces of joy I can choose what makes me happy I can choose to not look on content on the internet that makes it hard to wake up in the morning I can choose to unfollow these people that spew negativity I can choose not to let the rot of the world infect me and I can choose to try to pass this information on to others again not in a very preachy or religious way but just Like, I have a choice. Like, it was so empowering to feel like I do have a choice in my own happiness when I previously felt like giving up was just sort of this inevitable part of adulthood. And when you get older and you realize that the magic of your childhood is gone and like, no, I can replicate that today. Everything that I love to do as a kid, I can do today. I think it's part of why everyone loves the Hunger Games resurgence so much because maybe you never stopped being 12 years old and maybe it's super fucking fun to dive into the PETA whistle edits and what would you do if you were Katniss Everdeen? And yeah, let's go see songbirds and snakes and it's still just as good. And let's talk about Twilight again and let's find new things to obsess over like that because maybe the magic wasn't the fact that I was a kid. Maybe it's just the fact that I fucking believed in something and I don't have to lose that and nobody can take it away from me because it's mine. It's completely mine. It's my light. And I think if I could urge you to do one thing is when you find yourself in this position to protect it from everyone that's going to seek to put it out because you're going to make so many people mad when people realize that you've come to a place of utter and complete radical self-acceptance, when you refuse to hate what you see in the mirror, when you refuse to acquiesce to people who would see you hate yourself or insult you because they're miserable little ugly trolls and they can't possibly fathom loving yourself the way you do, like, tell them to find a rope and swing. You have to protect the light with everything that's inside of you. And I know this sounds perhaps preachy and woo-woo, but just walk with me here. I just very deeply believe that the negativity and the ways of the world, like, that's not going to happen to me. And I think in doing so, I've been able to be a softer person when maybe I never really thought that was possible and that I can be positively cynical and that maybe the cynicism no longer comes from this internal drive of like, is it always going to be like this? But rather like, I know we can do better because I believe in us. And now I like to complain often loudly, really to anyone that will listen, but with a purpose. Maybe it's not even complaining. Maybe it's critiques auditing culture. Maybe it's building an entire social media um, content creation platform off of observations. AKA complaining. But I think my worst fear at this point would be to lose this part of myself, to just lose enthusiasm or joy because I really didn't realize 
how devoid I was of it before. And that's not to say that I was like particularly depressed or upset all the time. I just was letting the world and its negativity influence me. And that's also part of the reason why I'm taking this break and a little bit of a step back from social media. Not that I don't enjoy it, but I do recognize that because I started making content more seriously this year, I think I've spent more time than ever on TikTok, especially. Um, And also Twitter to interact. And that's not a bad thing. But I think if you know, for example, that you're being exposed to like certain forms of radiation, you take breaks. Because I can tell how like Twitter's casual cruelty can kind of infect you. Like there are just certain ways that you can talk to people on Twitter that are snappy and funny and cunty that would be devastating in real life. And while I'm always a proponent for never letting people fuck with you and like, you know, if someone hits you, hit them back harder. I also don't want to approach everything with cynicism. Like um, one of my mutuals on TikTok, Bobby, who has, I forget the name of her podcast and it's such a shame because it's so good, but it's Bobby, your friend who knows a little bit too much about pop culture, but she has an episode about how rom-coms are dead essentially because nobody wants to embrace the vulnerability of actually falling in love and how there's people approach everything with irony. And I don't want that to happen to me. And so if I feel so strongly about protecting my light light, and just protecting the life that I have now, I think it's, I'm recognizing in myself that like it, it's good to step away temporarily because I just don't want that to become a part of my framework. I don't want to be jaded even if the world is bad. And while I think there's a certain level of protecting yourself, I don't want to protect myself so much that I'm not open to new experiences or new things. Almost every time I tell myself, I don't want to go out of the house, I don't want to hang out with people, and I go and I hang out with people, it's an it's an incredible experience that I know I would have been sad if I missed. I just don't want to get comfortable in complacency, especially when so much of the complacency pushed on you is just kind of like that that blanket of apathy that like, I don't have to care about this. What can I do? And, and something that I think about very deeply is every movement for the advancement of rights, human rights, the civil rights movement in America, the Cuban revolution, um, Every revolution around the world was motivated by people who died in the pursuit of an optimistic future. I think you can't achieve a better world without believing that it it's out there and that you'll go to any length to protect it and get it, but it has to be motivated by a deep belief that things can and will get better for your people. I don't know when we got so comfortable assuming that you can insulate yourself from negative experiences or that you can dull the pain of heartbreak by thinking it's coming, but heartbreak is going to hurt no matter what. And I would rather have gone into a situation knowing that I gave it my all than trying to convince myself while tending to my wounds that it really didn't cut me that deep. I don't know. I remember going through my first breakup in my 20s And my friend was like, the faster you feel it, you know, the sooner it goes away. Extremely cliche, also extremely true. And I think just embracing that mantra as it ties into positivity. It saved me a lot. I think I'm going in more directions than I usually would 
on what would maybe be a more structured podcast, but this is just very deeply personal. Well, I guess they're all very deeply personal and from the heart, but this is truly, truly, I'm just staring at my wall, trying to get it all out there. I just don't want to be jaded. They don't think it's the bravest thing that I can do. And I would really hate if that happened to me and I would hate to lose the progress that I've made over the past couple of years. And I hope that you feel that way too. I hope that this is something that you can take with you and think about and share with a friend, not even just like this podcast episode, but just like the general sentiment of like, I cannot give in to things, you know? I cannot become complacent. I cannot just bury my head in the sand. I cannot assume that I don't have the power to change my life and I'm not the dandelion in the wind. I am the wind and I move the things around me and I go where I want. Because I feel very deeply that that is the key to why the past couple of years have been, well, not some of my best. I've honestly had a lot of great years. But why they've been so particularly enjoyable, it's it's like putting glasses on for the first time after you had a really bad script. Do you wear glasses? Did you ever get glasses when you were a kid and you finally could see the chalkboard in your classroom and it was like so vivid and real for the first time? I think that's what this joyous perspective on life is. And I just, I, I never want to go back to things being fuzzy. I think that's it for now, but I want to end with the words that just popped up on my screen from this TikTok live by a user named Naive, and they've got a sloth emoji next to their name, and they just said whimsy cannot be lost, and I agree with that. Yeah, I I agree with that more than I can say right now, but I hope you keep whimsy with you. I hope you have an enjoyable and wonderful December, no matter what holidays or lack thereof that you celebrate. I hope it's warm. I hope you're safe. I'm going to miss you. I'm so excited to see you again. New episode launches January 1st, 2024. That's a Monday. We're going back straight into it, a regular content schedule every Monday night, late Monday nights. Again, thank you so much for being here. It has meant so much the support of you it's an incredible feeling. It's a really incredible feeling to have this much and support and love so early on. It makes me um, so optimistic for what's to come. And it's just been a really incredible experience. And I'm sorry that I'm not putting that together more artfully, but I'm just genuinely so glad that you're here. I'm astounded that we made an entire season one, 35 episodes. I'm so proud and honored to have left off on this note. And I look forward to, I don't know, seeing you again in the new year. Merry Christmas.